Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And you know what that means. It's time for another rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by That America. Mike Bozich, alongside of Mike Carter tonight. And Mike, I got to tell you, listening to the artificial race call, could there possibly be another upset in the 2016 rendition of the Meadowlands Pace? Mike certainly could be. What a great card coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands. And we've got you covered right here. We've got driver Brett Miller, trainer Ron Burke. They're going to be joining the program and uh, they're going to talk. They're going to be talking a little bit about what's coming on, uh, what's coming up at the Meadowlands on Saturday. Brett's going to be talking about his drives. Ron Burke's going to be talking about the horses that he's got coming up on Saturday. And uh, before we get into that, Mike, uh, you know, we did have Tom Durkin scheduled for this program. And, of course, we were certainly looking forward to that, Mike, especially us being track announcers. But, uh, unfortunately, some personal problems pulled him away. We're going to try to uh, reschedule him uh, coming up for the next couple of weeks. So you're going to want to stay tuned to our social media outlets. And uh, we'll tell you exactly when Tom Durkin is uh, going to be uh, coming on the show, Mike. And right next to you, Mike, right next to you. Can you see it? Right next to me. No, I don't right see it. Yet. No, it's it, it's a Pokemon. Oh, geez, here we go with this a crazy Pokemon Go. <laughs> Allison Conti is going to join us to talk about the uh, to, to talk about the Pokemon Go. Uh, I, I I don't even know what to call it, but uh, the Pokemon Go trend. 
and you're probably sitting in your chair going, what the heck does this have to do with harness racing? Well, we're going to twist it into a harness racing <laughs> topic here tonight. Somehow, somehow we're going to try to do that. Uh, you can't really go anywhere without hearing about it. I had to hear about it four or five times today. And as a matter of fact, as I was uh, promoing our show on Facebook, a little news feed on the right side uh, was saying how a couple of people actually drove off a cliff playing uh, Pokemon. So, uh, you know, it's something I, it, it's something that is interesting, Mike, to me. Because this thing's only been in the States. I think it's been in Japan and overseas for a couple of years, but it's only been in the States not even a week now, Mike, and it's the huge craze. And I think whenever our sport uh, has an opportunity to try to dive into the psyche of young people, to try to figure out what they like and what they don't like in, the terms of enter- in terms of entertainment, I think we should take a look at it. So we're going to try to do that the best we can with this craze known as Pokemon Go with uh, Allison Connie down at the bottom of the hour, Mike. Yeah, definitely. We're also going to talk to Darren Gagne from Running Aces. He talked to Tim Mayer earlier this week, and uh, Mike, I listened to the interview already, and I'll tell you, it's, it, it's a fun one to listen to. And if for those of you who missed last week's show, Steve Wiseman gave out a huge tip on a horse, and Mike, if I remember correctly, the horse paid pretty decently, didn't he? Sure did. I think he paid $17 or something, but Darren's going to have an opportunity or had an opportunity to talk to Tim Mayer, driver, trainer, one of the uh, good ones up at Running Aces, plus Darren's going to preview and review what's going on at the Minnesota Oval. Beautiful Running Aces. They have a trout pond, Mike. You can actually catch the trout, and you can have them cooking for you in the clubhouse. Talk about uh, new and innovative. That's that's pretty new and innovative. And I never uh, knew that's that. That's kind of cool. Yes, they do. They have a trout pond. You can catch and uh, have them cook it right up there upstairs for you. Very interesting. When we come back, driver Brett Miller is going to join us. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program we're back on this edition of post time with mike and mike presented by our good friends at bet america mike bozich uh, along with mike carter who's uh, looking for pokemon back in cleveland did you find any yet <laughs> No, I have not found any at all. I've got the app open though, so when Allison uh, calls in, uh, I got to make I, I got the app open. All right, let's bring in our good friend Brett Miller, uh, driver extraordinaire. Uh, Brett, have you find are you get into this whole Pokemon Go thing? Well, you probably don't have any time. You're you're busy making all the money. <laughs> That's funny that this has come that this is being brought up. It was just two days ago, 
I was asked the same question. I, I said to the people, what are you talking about? <laughs> so that's how far behind I am on this. I didn't even know anything about it two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, it's funny. Real quick before we get into it, I got to tell you, I was in the drive-through at Wendy's. I was changing the song on my phone, and the guy turned and looked at me and goes, "What are you doing? Searching for a Pokemon?" I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> what? Is- <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It's the new craze. We're going to try to break this thing down with Allison at seven thirty because she made a very interesting comment on one of my Pokemon threads on Facebook. She said that uh, businesses in and around Columbus were trying to use this to their advantage to try to bring people in. So, hey, maybe we could use it somehow uh, here in the sport of harness racing. But, Brett, before we get into your drives on Saturday, uh, a terrific win today with Pure Country. She went 51-1 and one and uh, looked like she did it pretty comfortably in uh, Pennsylvania Sire Stakes action. Yeah, to, to be honest, she amazes me every time she steps on the track. For a horse to stay that sharp at that level, coming in week to week, racing against those kind of horses, uh, she was. She felt as good today as she's ever felt, and that's just amazing. I mean, definitely hats off, to Jimmy Jimmy Tacker. He he knows how to keep his horses sharp and fresh. But she she's just amazing. Now, Brett, let's dive into the uh, Meadowlands race card on Saturday. You've got a ton of drives, and it starts off in the first race with a Jimmy Tactor-trained uh, trotter in Miss Tesla. Miss Tesla has not uh, had the best post draws. Uh, here recently, but it seems like she's uh, handled it pretty well. What do you take? Yeah, she's, you know what, she's always around. She's she's a big closer, and I think the Meadowlands is going to really benefit her. She's not real fast off the starting gate. Uh, She seems like her style is closing, and granted, she hasn't been in with, you know, the real top mares, but I I definitely think she's going to hold her own because I, I love the way she finishes, and the, the mile track is going to actually help her a lot. Brett, you've got another uh, Jimmy Tactor uh, trainee in race number three, Delvin Miller Memorial, three-year-old Philly Trotters in action once again, Sunset Glider, another horse that has basically been right there. She's four for four in 2016, but not in the win column, in the place column, and uh, she's been showing speed. She's been right there, and this is uh, this your first time on this horse, isn't it, Brett? Yes, correct. I've never driven her. Um, I've raced against her, you know, quite a few times, and she looks like a very nice filly, and, yeah, I'm definitely interested to race her. Now, Brett, the third race is the Delvin Miller Memorial, and you drive Sunset Glider, who's been – We just went uh, through that doing... one, Mike. <laughs> Mike, was, Mike was on the tweet deck. Mike, hold on a second, buddy. I'm tweeting. Sorry, Brett. For those of you that don't know, for everybody that don't know, Mike does the tweet deck during the show, so there are times when he's trying to do a couple of different things. So, Mike, I'm going to give you the free pass, but you're on the fourth, buddy. <laughs> fourth race, fourth race. Brad. Oh, I'm looking for Pokemon's what he's doing, by the way. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's right. Listen, they're going a mile and an eighth. It's the Stanley Dancer Memorial for three-year-old open trotters, and you drive a Love Matters in this race. Um, it, you know, Love Matters made a break uh, in the stretch last time out, but really raced well in the uh, Earl Beal Constellation. Uh, what do you think about Love Matters coming into this race? Well, I, I will have to say I'm going to give the gamblers something here. Love Matters was going to win last week. He had that much trot left. We uh, Jimmy changed his shoeing, put aluminums on him, and that definitely made him faster. It made him get over the track much better. Granted, he run, but he only run last week when the horse in front of me run, 
I kind of got squeezed just a little bit, and it was just enough to get him off balance. I kind of had to steer him, uh, you know, in a direction where nobody collided. And that horse was night and day difference last week. He was no doubt in my mind going to win because of the shoe and change, and it helped him a ton. And uh, I look for him to be very good tomorrow or Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> We're all getting our days mixed up here. Let's <laughs> I had a quick question. What is, the mile and an eighth distance, do you think that that's going to hinder Love Matters at all, but, or will that extra eighth and a mile uh, really help him out some? I, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it will bother him. He, uh, he's, In my opinion, he's more of an off-the-pace trotter now. I know last year as a two-year-old, he cut the miles out a lot and won a lot of races that way. But since I've been racing him, I, I feel like uh, he is a finisher. He is a closer. So I definitely, I definitely don't think the, you know, the mile and eighth is going to hurt him. If anything, it will help him. All right, good information. Moving right along, Brett, we're going to take a look at an overnight race, race number five. You've got uh, number two, Ashley's husband, a horse that you drove last time, gets a little bit of class relief in here and a little bit of post relief from post six to post two. Your thoughts on uh, the gelding? Yeah, I love driving this horse. This is one of my favorite overnight horses to drive. His last start at Pocono when I drove him, and everybody knows Pocono is such a speed track, and it's so hard to make up ground there. And that's that was the case with that, this horse. His last start, he I could just never I, I never could get him into the race. And at the Meadowlands with, with the long stretch, and his closing, the way that horse can close, I I love driving that horse because he gives a hundred percent every time he hits the track, and I look for him to be good. Brett, the Stanley Dancer Memorial is next. It's the seventh race. It goes a mile and an eighth, and it's a field of trotters, and it's a uh, a very loaded field. you got uh, Lagerfeld and Marion Marauders in here as well, Milligan School. But you drive the two going to the limit, um, who was placed third last week but was closing strongly, 27-2, and two, a big, big closing effort. Uh, Joe Bongiorno drove this horse last week. What do you make of uh, going to the limit? Well, you know, I've driven him a few times before. I drove him in Mohawk. And he just wasn't quite right in Mohawk, and he actually made a break on me. And he looks like he's much better now. He looks like he gets around – he definitely gets around the Meadowlands. It looks like better than Mohawk. And, uh, I mean, granted, you know, he's going to have to have a trip. There's some nice trotters in there. I'm going to have to have some luck and, and, and work out a trip. But it does look like the horse is coming into the race, uh, you know, better than – you know, he looks like he's been getting better his last few starts. All right, moving right along, race number nine. This is the one uh, I think everybody's waiting for. Well, maybe not with the Meadowlands pace, uh, but this is certainly a good co-feature, the Houghton. Uh, going in a mile and an eighth, that's a little bit of a, a, a twist in this particular race with 12 horses. And uh, let's be quite frank, Frank, in the, uh, quite frank, Brett, in the arsenal, hasn't been himself lately after having uh, a pretty good career. I mean, he's just been coming up uh, pretty much short. He does think it's a, not a very good uh, favor from the post-draw gods here uh, from post-9. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, in the arsenal? Yeah, correct. You know, he, he's he's definitely still a nice horse. He he just, you know, he hasn't been firing all, on all cylinders. He's, he's definitely better than what he's been racing. Uh, he's not the easiest horse to drive. He's he's a he's a horse that you you got to be careful with. He, when he gets fired up, he wants to go too much. But then if you grab into him, he does have a breathing problem. He's I will say he's a tough horse to drive. And in that race, there are some uh, well we all know what great horses are in that race. 
And so I just, you know, I just pray that they're gone enough where I can, you know, keep him in a hole without, you know, taking too much of a hold on him and, you know, pray that, you know, we can work some, some trip out. But, uh, yeah, there's some there's some horses in there that are just unbelievable. Now, Brett, the 11th race is the Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace, and you drive Racing Hill, who has won two, two straight. Of course, you won the Hemp Elimination in the Hemp Final with second to betting line in the Pepsi North America Cup. Uh, Brett, i, I got to ask, because I, I just asked Mike Bozich, and we're not 100% sure. Have you ever won the Meadowlands Pace? No, no, never won the Meadowlands Pace. I, uh I've only been in it a couple times, so this is this is very exciting uh, to go into the Meadowlands Pace with uh, the Morning Line favorite. Uh, yeah, it's just, this is very exciting. Now, now, what would it mean to win this race? Uh, Racing Hill has been racing fantastic uh, all season long. Uh, talk to us a little bit about Racing Hill and what it would mean to win the Meadowlands Pace this year. Yeah, it, it, it would mean it would mean a, a whole lot. It's definitely a race that I look at as a race that I just dreamt about winning when I was younger. You know, the little, obviously the little brown jug because I'm from Ohio. That's definitely a race I would love to win. The Hamiltonian, the Meadowlands Pace, the North America Cup. I mean, those races are just races I used to dream about. And uh, Racing Hill is so sharp right now. He he got the bye last week, which I, I kind of felt like he needed it. He, he raced very hard his last you know, three or four starts. We've raced him very hard. And, uh, I mean, I'm hoping the bye helped him, which I'm sure it did. Tony Alonio is a great trainer. He definitely wouldn't have took the bye if he uh, thought that the wrong move. He's, he, uh, obviously, control the moment. That was very, very impressive what he did last week. Uh, I was in the race. I had good living. And halfway down the stretch, when I looked over and seen control the moment, he looked like he was. Uh, he looked like his feet never touched the ground. He was pacing so fast. So <laughs> we got some serious competition. All right, Brett Miller joining us. Brett, we're uh, short on time. We've got about uh, thirty or forty-five seconds. But uh, real quick, the Golden Girls. Uh, Katie said uh, post ten. It looked like she had the uh, the Betsy Ross one at uh, Harris Philly, and then she got caught by Venus Delight who weaved through traffic there. She's got a big late kick, but she has to overcome post ten. Your thoughts on her? Exactly. You know, we've had a lot. We've had some bad luck with the draw with her in some of these big races. I just got to hope they they speed up front because she can fly home. But I, I need I need a lot of I need some luck. <laughs> I need a, some fast fractions up front. All right. Well, Brett, listen. Best of luck to you Saturday, buddy. We really appreciate you joining us, and uh, good luck in all the races, especially the Meadowlands Pace come Saturday. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on the show. No problem. That was Brett Miller, driver extraordinaire, uh, and he's got the Racing Hill, the 9-5 morning line favorite, coming up uh, in the Crawford Meadowlands pace on Saturday, Mike, at the uh, at the Meadowlands. Yeah, definitely. It's his, uh, probably the best chance he's had to win the Meadowlands pace, and I would love to see Brett win that race. I mean, you know, he's driving a very good horse in Racing Hill, but it's a very competitive race. Uh, you know, control the moment has looked sharp this year. Boston Red Rocks is kind of Fallen off just a little bit, but he, he seems to be coming around, and uh, it, it's definitely going to be a competitive race. All right. We've got a quick commercial break to take when we come back. We'll talk to another busy guy come Saturday, trainer Ron Burke. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich and trainer Ron Burke, joins us now. And Ron, the first question is going to be uh, not necessarily about the Meadowlands card, but I want to talk uh, foiled again for a quick second. He returned to the winner's circle at Scioto Downs and looked sharp in doing so. How's the uh, how's the old man doing? You know, trudge forward a little bit. Um, it, last week, it, it, was, it was thrilling. I know it was only a moment at 12-5, but just to see him cross the wire in front for the first time in a while and, like, look good doing it, like, you know, it makes all of us happy. So it really was nice. Yeah, certainly good for uh, the world's richest pacer. Uh, Ron, you're going to be a busy guy come Saturday. Certainly no surprise with the powerhouse stable that you've had and that you have and have had over the years. But uh, Southwind Frank uh, continues, I would say, as the uh, prohibitive favorite uh, for the on the road to the Hambletonian, uh, he's uh, in the Stanley Dancer Memorial, going a mile and an eighth in the fourth. First of all, the mile and an eighth distance. So, what are your thoughts on that, and uh, what are your thoughts on uh, his chances in the Stanley Dancer? Yeah, I really don't think the mile and eighth is going to make any difference to any of these horses. I don't really think they, you know, are going to notice the gate opening up an eighth of a mile earlier. The only thing is, I do think it gives the outside horses a little more of a shock because you've got a longer time to get into the race before the turn comes. So and as far as like he did catch the easier division of the two, I think the other division is much stiffer and I uh, really the best he's ever trained for me this week. So I'm excited, you know, to get going. I think he's starting to finally round into form and, uh, you know, hopefully we're heading for the hand sharp. Now, Ron, the Miss Versatility is race six, and you train at Classical Annie, who came first up and looked strong in the stretch uh, under Sylvain Fillion this week, picks up Yannick Jingra. Talk to us a little bit about Classical Annie. You know what? She's probably a step below these kind, but really the, you know, the aged marriage maybe are not as good as they have been in years past. And, uh, you know, with the right trip and maybe first time Yannick, you know, maybe she does fit with these uh 
don't think the mile track really does pick her up that much. I think she's probably better on a small track. But, uh, you know, hopefully first time the other, because she did train very good the other day. All right, Ron, moving right along. Race 7 is uh, the other division that we just talked about, the Stanley Dancer Memorial, and we just talked about the mile and eighth maybe being, maybe being a little bit more forgiving to outside horses. You've got uh, the horse on the far outside here, make or miss. And uh, this is a horse who uh, won the Valley victory. Now he's uh, uh, coming off of a couple of qualifiers, third start of the year post-10. What are your thoughts on this one? That's the, you know, even with him, even with the longer stretch, it's going to be hard to get him into the race doesn't have a ton of gate speed, and you've got to kind of watch him. But maybe that's where I hope other people in Mile and Eighth does bother him because he does pick it up late as well as any horse in our barn. So, uh, you know, if he can be within four or five at the top of the lane, he can trot with anybody the last 16th. I mean, really, I don't know if we have a trotter that can out-trot him the last 16th. So, you know, it would be Joe's job to probably just try to get him, you know, as close as he can when they turn for home and then let him trot. Okay, moving right along, uh, we will talk uh, some overnight action. Race number eight, seven, I trust you. And an one is of uh, 15 last five going up in class after that win. He's looking to string together uh, his third straight. Uh, but what a nice horse, 52 wins under his belt, a quarter of a million dollars in earning. Just uh, one of those uh, good old lunchbox horses, uh, Ron, that uh, continues to bring home the money week in and week out, it seems. Yeah, no, he's, you know, he's starting to find his form a little bit. Kind of likes the track, uh I don't know really if he wants to go three turns anymore. So, you know, the switch to the mile kind of has helped him. But, uh, you know, Yannick gets along with him great, has probably got along with him in his career better than anybody. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be aggressive with him and, you know, looking to race, you know, near the front or, you know, somewhere close to the front. Ron, in the William Houghton Memorial, you have uh, a couple of horses. Limelight Beach draws the rail, the Little Brown Jug champion, uh, who was parked out in a, a, a tough trip in the Ben Franklin uh, last time out, still finished in 150-3. and three. What do you make of Limelight Beach tonight from the rail? Uh, really, you know, he's probably buried in here, but he's very good at following. So, you know, you, you just probably try to leave as much as you can, get away, you know, mid-pack and hope that it goes crazy and you can pass some tired horses. Yeah, and this is kind of an interesting situation, Ron. You've got three in here. You've got the pole position, and you've got you've got the uh, basically the second tier sewn up. You've got 11 with Always at My Place and 12 with uh, All Bets Off. So you've got three chances in here, two from the second tier, uh, and, of course, one from the pole position. Uh, what can we expect in the second tier from Always at My Place and uh, All Bets Off in that race? This is where I do think, you know, they think they're helping the trailers by going to mile eight, and I think, truthfully, they're hurting them because you're still going to have a hard time shoving through from the back, and the outside has another eighth of a mile to find spots up in front of you. So, really, I, you know, all bets off has been super. He's really actually been very sharp. It's a horrible spot for him. And always at my place trained first time this year like his old self. And I think both of them are sharp, and you know, the, you know, on their best day they can you know hang around with those three top ones. But you know, from here I got a feeling when they turn for them, they're gonna be you know we're gonna be sitting seven, eight, nine, six, eight, six, seven, eight, and I don't think you're gonna make up ground because they're I think they're just gonna be pacing so fast in front of you, it's gonna be hard, you know, to get you know anybody to pass anybody. Now, the 10th race, Ron, is the mile and an eighth Hamiltonian maturity, and you've got a pair of horses in here, one of them being the mayor, Hanalore Hanover, 
who won the Miss Versatility el- Elimination by five lengths and uh, was a champion in the Armbro flight. Talk about uh, what the thought process was in putting Handel or Handover into this race. You know, if we look around, if four-year-olds haven't been, you know, extremely great or consistent, the ones that have been better have to give up Lasix for this. She's not on Lasix. If there's a horse that a mile eight is not going to matter to, it's her. You know, her style up till the last few weeks has always been straight stalking. So she'll, you know, will definitely do that. You know, Yannick's just, you know, looking to get away in the right spot. And, you know, I'm not worried about it. I really, I think it was, you know, it's a lot of money to put up, but I think it was a good gamble to take. And, of course, you've got uh, Millionaire Trotter Crazy Wild in there as well, coming off of a win in an overnight affair at the Meadowlands, was fifth in the uh, in the Cutler there, but only three lengths off. Your thoughts on uh, Crazy Wild? Really, this horse has had horrible luck this year, and I do think he's sharp, and he was actually last week pretty good. I really, it's the horse I worry most about beating with Handler. I think he has, you know, the, you know, former, you know, class to show, and I, you know, I've always thought this year he could trot 50 or, you know, right around there. And, if, you know, if you do that, you're going to be very competitive in here. All right. In the Meadowlands pace, the Crawford Farms Meadowland pace, you've got the three in run. You've got Manhattan Beach, J.K. Willpower, and the check six. You're out in the seven, eight, and nine going the straight mile. Your thoughts on uh, that trio? They all three raced great last week. Actually, Check six probably raced as good as any horse in the race. Came from the clouds and three wide old last turn. And then as the draw was shaken out, I'm like, I cannot believe I'm starting from seven, eight, nine. I, you know, I, you know, probably send the eight out of there full blast. Probably have to send the nine somewhat, hope for a seat, and then maybe leave the seven to pick them up late. You know, they were all three good. Uh, it's kind of a wild race because I don't think any horse in the three-year-old group yet has stamped himself as, like, by far. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people are going to take chances in here because, you know, you got a chance to win the big race. And, you know, there's nobody going to be intimidated because everybody's within, you know, a second of each other. So I do think it'll make for a great race. All right. And one more real quick, Ron, before we let you go. In the 12th, you've got the, they're going to mile in the 8th, the Golden Girls skipping by. She's won two straight. Uh, she's obviously taking on the, the best mares here. Your thoughts? You know what? Like she's been a little bit of a disappointment. Like we really think she belongs with these kind, and so far her starts against them have said that we're wrong. And uh, I, I like Matt on her. I think Matt, you know, she's probably uh, not the kind that wants to be asked too much or abused. And Matt's very patient, so uh, you know, maybe you know, in the long run, like this is the spot where she can start like proving to us that she does belong with these. All right. Well, Ron, listen, we certainly appreciate it. You're always generous with your time. You've been on the show uh, a few different times now, and you've got a busy uh, night coming up Saturday, and uh, hope it's a profitable one for you, my friend. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. That was uh, trainer Ron Burke. Uh, he's got a lot of horses in coming up on Saturday, Mike, and uh, certainly some good ones. Southwind Frank, Hanalore, Hanover, Crazy Wow, and uh, maybe some upsets along the way. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see what Hanalore Hanover does in the Hamiltonian maturity. Uh, Crazy Wow uh, from the outside has been, you know, kind of hit or miss this year, but uh, I'm really excited to see what uh, some of the Ron Burke horses can do this year. 
All right. Well, listen, when we come back, we're about to create some ratings because we're going to talk Pokemon Go. The world's a craze with Pokemon Go. <laughs> and for those of you that uh, think we're a harness racing show, you were wrong. No, just kidding. We've got uh, we're going to tie this into harness racing somehow. I'm not quite sure how, but we're going to try to do it with Allison Conti from the USDA. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads, in cooperation with RUS America and Ocean Downs Racetrack, brings you Racing Under Saddles Back on Track Race, Sunday, July 17th, at Ocean Downs. Racing Under Saddle and Starting Gates will have representatives on hand to talk about their individual organizations and conduct demonstrations. Also, $2.2 million purse earner Golden Receiver will lead the post parade as retired racehorse transition to Pleasure Horse and Ambassador for Organization. Ocean Downs is located 10 minutes from Ocean City on Route 589 Racetrack Road in Berlin, Maryland. Visit them at OceanDowns.com or give them a call at 410-641-0600. Once again, it's Racing Under Saddles back on track race at Ocean Downs on Sunday, July 17th. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. All right, we're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by MetAmerica. Don't forget our running aces segments coming up in just a few minutes. Darren Gowney had a chance to sit down and talk with trainer driver Tim Mayer. Uh, plus, we're uh, going to take a look at the Racing Under Saddle event that's coming up on Sunday at Ocean Downs. We just heard from that at our Maryland Minute, and we'll take a look at that race in just a moment. But uh, first, it's time to create ratings. Allison Conti joining us live on the program. Pokemon Go, it's the new craze. And, uh, Allison, what, what do you got to say about this whole thing? First of all, first of all, let uh-huh. me set the stage for you. Hold on. Let me set the stage for you. I'm an old guy. Okay. I'm Atari <laughs> 2600, Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay. Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Barely, well, some PlayStation 2, maybe PlayStation 3. Okay. But you're going to have to try to explain this to an old guy bare bones. So go ahead, Allison. The floor is yours. Hi, guys. Um, All right, so bare bones. Um, Basically, everything's moving on to everybody's phones. You know, anything that anyone does or plays nowadays is mobile. Um, Pokemon, after seeing years and years of decline, seems to have figured that out pretty well. And it's not just an app that you play on your phone, but it actually gets people out of the house. So it's pretty unique in that way. And um, just before the break, you said it might be hard to tie it into harness racing, and then you're mentioning running aces. Running Aces is actually one of the tracks that I've seen literally in the last 12 hours um, post on Twitter about a Pokemon Go event at the track. So it's it's kind of ironic because uh, 
earlier this morning, I was talking with one of my colleagues at Conversion that works on the harness racing fan zone with us. And we were talking about ways to try to encourage tracks to take advantage of it. And then all of a sudden we started seeing things from running aces, uh, Hoosier Park, Canterbury, which is a thoroughbred track. But it seems like they've already kind of caught on a little bit. Well, here's the thing, Allison, and this is – oh, go ahead, Mike. No, go right ahead, buddy. (laughs) Mike, now see, I thought you were going to be busy playing Pokemon during this interview because Mike sent me text back, where are we going with this? Where are we going with this? (laughs) But, Allison, listen, and this is the way I look at it, and I think we're all three of us uh, that are sitting down talking, I think we're looking at this from the same perspective, is that when you're an industry or a business – and you're trying to attract new people, you're trying to attract the new generation, that you try to understand through others' successes how exactly they are doing that. And, you know, I guess this has been something that's been going on overseas for a couple of years. It's just made its debut in the States. And I'm telling you, I haven't seen hype about anything more especially in the generation, the, the early 20s, mid-20s, late-20s, generation that we want to get. Okay, I haven't seen any more hype about anything in my life is this. So, Allison, my question is, and I think you might have even alluded to it already, is there anything that harness racing can do to learn from the successes of something like this? Well, listen, first of all, you know, people say, oh, this is a fad or that's a fad. Uh, Things might be fads, but this is absolutely out of control. You're right. Um, It's trending towards surpassing Twitter and daily usage right now. And those are really limited statistics, but regardless, that's impressive. And I think something that, you know, we can pay attention to is that it, there's no downside to being culturally relevant, um, none whatsoever. So if you're, you know, we harness racing jumped on the ALS ice bucket challenge about a year ago, you know, there's other things you want to be part of the conversation, even if that conversation doesn't last forever. Um, and I also think like this is completely anecdotal, uh, and I don't know what it says about my generation, but late 20s, young professionals, a lot of these guys that I've brought to the track before and they really loved it, but they didn't, you know, it's, it's tough to educate, um, that they're the biggest thoroughbred racing fans in the world, you know, one, two, three days a year, depending on how the Triple Crown's going, they're playing Pokemon Go on their off time. So it's, you know, it it might seem a little dumbed down to some people or, you know, you might not really get it and that's fine, but there's value in that demographic. And I think that there's also, there's ways to tie it in. Um, I just saw one of the, a bunch of the local businesses in Columbus banded together and they're having a Pokemon go bar. So if you can't, you know, you can't take from that. Canterbury's doing I forget what the the promotion was it was I think it was a happy hour for you know anybody who was there for Pokemon Go there's ways that you can tie that in and it's a really easy way to get people in the door it's our responsibility then you know if you can get them in the door with something like this then what do you do with them now Allison I think it would be so cool and maybe I'm nuts because as we're talking about this like there's Pokemon Go people retweeting, retweeting that we're talking about this. It's crazy. But I, I think it would be cool if we had like an app I, I, I don't even, or a game. I don't even know what we would call it. But like you could place like Foiled Again at Northfield Park or you could place, I don't know, Golden Receiver at Tioga Down. I mean, it would just be really cool to, you know, be able to collect, you know, Wiggle It, Jiggle It or, you know, maybe Mac LaBelle. 
Do you think anything like that could, you know, maybe spur from this conversation? Oh, well, it's kind of funny you said that because before this call, and I mean, listen, without sounding like completely off the wall, my brain's been bouncing around with this for like the past 24 hours and more so since uh, I talked to you guys. (laughs) But like my thought was, what if you could, you know, somehow integrate with betting apps and, you know, your rare Pokemon are worth a voucher or something like this, or like you said, a a rare horse. I think that there's a lot that we can learn from things like this, you know, and kind of see what, what it takes for something to be that addictive and that, you know, where it just sort of like this snowball effect and people don't stop. So you have to really try to tie in and offer things, you know, there's, like I said this earlier, but there's really no downside to being culturally relevant or to trying to jump on a fast moving train. Well, that's the thing, and that's why I even downloaded the app. Now, I don't know if my phone's even uh, – I mean, I tried it. I don't even know if it's working right. My phone can't even send a text without it, some kind of adventure. But but uh, <laughs> in my car, because Carter's texted me a million times, but I, you know, I, I'm getting his text from like a week ago still. But, but uh, no, it's important that, like we say, that we try to learn from something that has success, especially when it talks – to young people, and it, it seems like it's communicating with young people very well. You learn from people and businesses' failures, and you learn from people and businesses' success, and I think that's what we have to do with this situation. So no matter what anybody says, well, Pokemon Go, it's just this, it's just that. Like you say, Allison, regardless, it has attracted so many people, and it's only been here in the States for, I don't think, not even a week now. So, you know, I think Harness Racing should maybe take a look at this and try to see, hey, what is Pokemon Go? What 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 kind of thing can harness racing do to get on that same wave level? How can we communicate with young people and get them to the racetrack or get them turned on to our product that po- like Pokemon Go is doing? Yeah, I totally agree. And it's it's funny because I a lot of people think, you know, it's it's kids only and it's it's a lot of kids but it's not kids only like i said like my demographic my friends that have nothing to do with harness racing upper 20s young professional they're playing pokemon go um and it's it's something that i've seen tracks take advantage of and i'm really looking forward to hearing from hoosier park um and from running aces because they really like grabbed grabbed the ball and ran with it within the last 12 hours and put together good graphics and said, you know, did you know Hoosier Park is a poke stop? Come out to running aces for like, they have a two hour event where they've dropped. And I don't know if anybody's going to know what I'm talking about. And I only recently know what I'm talking about, but you know, as a, as a business or a location, you can pay to drop lures and get Pokemon to your location. And I've seen businesses around Columbus just, you know, say that their doors were flooded. So it's a matter of, you know, converting people once you get them there, but getting them there is, a a big part of the battle. And if we can do that, I think we have a great product. So basically what you're saying, Allison, is that there are certain characters that are perhaps more rare than others to get. And if through the app, uh, businesses can work something out to drop maybe some of these rare characters at their facility, then is that what you're saying pretty much? Sort of. Well, so, so, the creators of Pokemon are really smart. They don't let you actually drop rare characters. What you drop is lures, which are supposed to bring the characters to your location. So then the people follow the characters. It's absolutely like brilliant from an advertising and marketing standpoint. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
Listen, but guys, I got to tell you real quick before we wrap up. I caught one just now. He was on my desk. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, there was a Bulbasaur on my desk, and so you know. Yeah, well, and we that's know Mike. Thing too. I. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Allison. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just no, gonna make I was fun gonna of say, Mike. I've seen people. They take pictures with them, and like I've seen a bunch of people have created memes. Amy Holler posted a picture earlier of somebody in the infield. And she said, you know, that they were chasing a Pokemon. It's You don't have to necessarily just play with it in any way that you can. You know what I mean? Generate conversation. It's a rising tide right now. Allison Conti from the USDA. Allison, we knew you were the person to talk to us about this. We certainly appreciate you joining us on short notice. And, and listen, keep your phone on the hook because uh, we're still trying to get this roundtable thing together. And I'll tell you, this could be good timing with this Pokemon Go thing. Maybe we'll uh, certainly have something to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. You guys know I'm always available. All right. Thanks, Allison. Bye. All right. That was Allison Conti from the USTA. And, 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 you know, and listen, and, and we're kind of, so, I mean, we're kind of poking fun at this a little bit, but, you know, we could poke fun at it all we want, Mike, but look at how much success that thing's having. And no, if definitely. we could, I mean, in the harness racing, if we could figure out a way to, you know, learn from that success, learn how, uh, something like Pokemon Go is communicating and making itself appeal to a generation that we desperately need to appeal to, we have to appeal to, or we're not going to be here, then I think we should take every opportunity to try to learn from it and try to emulate it as best as we can. No, I completely agree. And, you know, I, you know, I was poking fun at the fact that I caught a, <laughs> that I caught a Pokemon. I had it up while I was talking, while we were talking to Allison, just to see if one would pop up. And luckily one did, you know, it, it, it's crazy, you know, the things that maybe racing could learn from. And I just posted a, on our Twitter page uh, that I had caught one. And what do you think Pokemon Go can help harness racing it can this type of a fad help harness racing we'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas and as mike said you know we've got these roundtable discussions coming up we would love to uh, bring something like this to the table i mean this is huge yep no question about it well listen when we uh, come back we're going to have darren gagne he's going to talk to tim mayer driver trainer uh up at running aces is going to tell us what's going on and uh, what has happened uh, this past week and this upcoming week at uh, the beautiful minnesota oval plus we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about the big card coming up on saturday and who knows maybe we'll talk more pokemon you've got post time with mike and mike presented by our good friends at bet america hey i'm Chantel sutherland cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519 519- 
519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Here are the highlights from the past week of racing action at Running Aces. On Saturday night, July the 9th, Cirax with driver Brian Deachin pulled a big upset in the $15,000 Minnesota Sire three-roll pacing event, snapping the five-race winning streak of Freedom Reigns and posting a lifetime mark of $155 flat, paying $34.40 to win at the windows. In the $11,000 Open Handicap Trot, it was Banker Volo who remained razor sharp, posting his fifth win in a row and rewriting the track record for age trotting stallions for the second consecutive week with his 155-2 victory with driver Nick Rowland in the sulky. Also on Saturday, the five-year-old trotting mare Majestic Lady Joe trotted to a new track record for aged mares with her 156-flat win in an $8,000 conditioned event with Steve Wiseman in the bike. On Sunday night, the $11,000 open pace for horses and geldings went to holding all the cards with driver Dean McGee in the sulky. He posted a big gate-to-wire win in 152 flat. In the $15,000 Minnesota sire to trot on Sunday night, the winning dollar with Nick Rowland just held on by a nose at the wire to beat Margins Echo with Rick McGee aboard in a two-minute and three-fifths mile. The winning dollar is now a perfect five for five in 2016. On Tuesday night, the two-year-old Minnesota Sire Trotters took the spotlight, going for $15,000 with the two-year-old fillies in the field, dominating the proceedings. Silent Dreams, the filly with Dean McGee, picked up her second win and her second lifetime start in the contest. The other filly in the field, I'm a Pixie at Midnight, with Nick Rowland, got second in the mile that was timed in 2.03 and 3. Also on Tuesday, What It Do Baby Boo, Steve Wiseman, won the $7,500 two-year-old Minnesota Sired Philly Pace in 2.01 and 3. And Dewey Did Done Good, also with Dean McGee in the bike, took the two-year-old Colt and Gelding Pace on Tuesday night with a commanding win in 1.58 and 1. Top drivers for this week were Steve Wiseman with seven wins and Nick Rowland had six wins. Darren Gagne here at Running Aces, and I'm talking today with trainer driver Tim Mayer, who's a three-time champion trainer here at Running Aces over the years. He's always among the top drivers and trainers for the past several years. And, of course, again this season, the Mayer Stable has a very strong contingent of quality and very competitive horses here at Running Aces. Welcome, Tim. Thank you very much. All right, first off, Tim, I want to mention that uh, both you and your wife, Denise Mayer, were recently inducted into the California Harness Racing Hall of Fame, so that's a, a big deal, and so we want to send congratulations to both you and your wife on that great honor. Thank you. Okay, now tell us about your background. How did you get your start in harness racing? Well, actually, I wasn't uh, born into the business as my wife was, but uh, I used to go to the racetrack after I got out of school every day in uh, Detroit, Michigan, with a friend of mine who's... Uh, father and uh, aunt had a horse or two. Now, would that have been back in the DRC Wolverine days, exactly. way back then? Okay. Yeah. All right, so you started out there, and then you obviously were interested, and you met your wife. 
Well, I, I was in Detroit, and I, I left Detroit with Shelley Goodrow in the summer of 1976 to go to Hollywood Park. And it was there that I met my wife in 1979. Cool. All right. Now, so you you spent a lot of years racing in California, correct? Yes. Yeah. 1977 on. Right. So you used to have, you know, they used to race in LaSalle and... They raced at the big tracks too, correct? Bay Meadows, Hollywood Park. Right. We also had a one race meet, a fall meet at Del Mar one year. Pomona, which is now Fairplex Park. Right. We raced there also, yes. Right. Cool. Back in the good old days, right? Right. Okay, now, um, harness racing has been a family affair for you. Uh, your wife is heavily involved, and then your sons have both trained and driven horses over the years, including here at Running Aces. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, my youngest boy, Daniel, is uh, he's based over in uh, Pennsylvania now at uh, Wingate Farms in Wingate, Pennsylvania, where a lot of the uh, horsemen train from, and he races uh, Chester in Philadelphia and uh, Mohican Sun, Pocono at Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Cool. Okay. And my older boy got married here last year locally, and... Uh, He's uh, working with dressage horses presently. Oh, okay. So he's, of course, still involved with horses. Right. Right? All right, now, over the years, what is the favorite horse that you've ever trained and driven? Well, little Stephen would have to be my favorite. Uh, as you can see, he's the sire of a lot of horses that I've trained over the years. Sire of a lot of good horses yeah. in California, yeah. 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 That's, that would have to be my So you campaigned favorite. that horse? I campaigned him, yes, throughout his career. Uh, it went, uh, of course, he went to the Meadowlands at right, time right. and, and raced. But when he was in California, I had him, yes. So that that was an exciting horse to be involved with, correct? Yep. A lot of wins and a lot of exciting races. All right, now let's talk about some of your horses that you have in your stable right now here at Running Aces. A couple of them that come to mind quickly for me are uh, Flashy Lady, who is a very nice trotting mare, mare. She just finished second in the track record mile on Saturday night. Uh, she was uh, only two lengths back there in that record mile. She's had 36 lifetime wins, over 360 grand. How long have you had this horse in your stable? I bought her uh, the week before we came up here from Florida, the uh, very beginning of May, and uh, I just thought she'd do a, a good job here. She's not quite an open mare, but the next class down the very, she's right. more than competitive. Yes. She has been racing very well. Yeah. All right, another one is the Best of Joel. It's a nice pacing gelding. He has six wins this season so far, 37 lifetime wins, over 400K, lifetime mark of 49 and 3. What can you tell us about this horse? Well, I got him from Piece of the Action when we left here last fall to go to Florida, and I've had him ever since. He's just a classy old bugger who, who knows where the finish line's at. Right. He races. He, he does pretty well year after year. Uh, another one is Officer and a Gentleman, who is a three-time winner already here at Running Aces this season. He's had 10 wins on the year uh, already and over $300,000 on his lifetime card. What about Officer and a Gentleman? I picked him up down in Florida also. Uh, we took the second-place uh, finish money of uh, showrunners in the Isla Capri Pace and used it to claim uh, Officer and a Gentleman for $15,000. I think he's well worth it. He's, he's a solid, hard-knocking racehorse. He's got some tough legs on him, but... He tries most of the time. Okay. Now, any other horses in your stable that you want to mention that, you know, we might want to look out for? I can't see. Everything's kind of racing even right now. I can't see anything really. Nothing that's really yeah. jumping out, but yeah. you have some other nice horses in your stable, um, no doubt about it. Uh, you always bring a good stable of horses here to running aces. 
Now, finally, you've been coming up here to running aces for several years now, and what what are some of the things that make you keep coming back, and what are your favorite things about uh, racing here in Minnesota at running aces? Well, this will be my seventh season here, and wow. uh, it uh, basically fit into our schedule when we did live in California, and actually it fits right into our schedule now, racing in Florida in the winter. Uh, the timeline is perfect, but uh, the uh, summer weather, um, the racetrack itself is an excellent facility. The, the track's well-maintained, and uh, the people take care of you pretty good here. Right. It's a, it's like a family, like a community up here. Exactly. And uh, it, it's it's really a nice uh, element that you don't find everywhere uh, out there. This is true. So that's great. Well, I want to thank you for taking your time to join us here on the show, and uh, we certainly wish you continued success here at Running Aces and in the future elsewhere. Going forward, thank you, Tim Mayer. Thank you very much. This weekend is our big Dan Patch Days weekend at Running Aces with featured Minnesota sired Dan Patch pacing events for both Mayers and for Geldings on Saturday and our big Horse Expo on Sunday. In the Dan Patch Phillies and Mayers event on Saturday, Dag in My Stockings, a three-time winner this year with a 154-1 mark, will have Nick Rowland in the sulky as the big early favorite. She faces Look Again Ida and Rick McGee, fresh off a big win last time out, an American dancer with Luke Plano joining Frey, plus three other distaffers in the field. In the Dan Patch event for Geldings, it will be U.S. General W.A. Mann squaring off against six other rivals as the early favorite with Steve Wiseman driving. Also in that field, Fire Drake with Nick Rowland is fresh off of a big win. In the $15,000 Minnesota Sire three-year-old pace, Syrax is returning off of his big triumph over Freedom Reigns last week. These two will once again go to battle with the top Philly Cruisin' Coco joining the fray this week and three other rivals in the six-horse contest. Then on Sunday, Six will square off in the $7,500 Minnesota Sired three-year-old trot, all trying to beat the winning dollar who's looking to remain perfect in his sixth seasonal start with Nick Rowland in the sulky. We have three-year-old trotting fillies going postward as well for $7,500, and it's a field of eight with Bombshell Betty looking for her fourth win of the year. Jim Marino in the sulky on Bombshell Betty. She'll be facing off against whatever she's got and Jerry Longo as the top contenders. On the Sunday night feature, a big lineup here. $13,000 open handicap pace for horses and geldings. Tremendous field of nine going postward. The return of Roland and Rock to the open at running aces. Plus holding all the cards last week's winner, Razor Sharp, Jasmine, Devil, Officer and a Gentleman, I'm an Athlete, and more. This is shaping up to be a tremendous race, the Open Handicap Pacing Event for Horses and Geldings on Sunday. This coming Tuesday at Running Aces, we're offering a $5,000 guarantee in the 50-cent late pick four. And don't forget, post time on Saturdays and Sundays, 6 p.m. Central at Running Aces, Tuesday night post time, 7 p.m. Central, and we will be adding Wednesday night racing starting July 27th. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. All right, we're back on post time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. Mike, there's a Pikachu right behind you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That's right. There hasn't been another uh, one since. I guess I should have let Bulbasaur sit there for a while. Wait a minute. Are you playing this game during the show? Dude, I told you. I I, I literally had it up while Allison was on the show. I wanted to see if one would just kind of you know pop up while Allison was here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anyway, let's move right along, <laughs> shall we? Uh, uh, it was a good interview. It was a good uh, discussion with Allison, by the way. I think maybe we should follow up on this in the next couple of weeks. And racetracks are taking advantage of it. Our good friends at Running Aces up north, Hoosier Park, they're they, they're taking advantage of this thing. Uh, poke spots, Canterbury Park. She, I'll tell you, this thing's going to turn into something that uh, is going to be huge. But speaking of huge, Mike, I'm so happy. Uh, for our racing under saddle people, and we've had the uh, you know we've had uh, this segment of racing under saddle uh, biweekly um, that has kind of culminated into this event that's coming up at uh, Ocean Downs coming up on Sunday. They've got a real nice race coming up. As a matter of fact, some horses that I certainly recognize: Shanghai Jack, Nick Surik for uh, uh, driver Helen Gregory. Let's give you the horses. It's Sunday coming up. At Ocean Down, Shanghai Jack will be number one. Uh, Jeannie Marie will start from post two with Emma Wahlberg. She was on the show. Trainer Jennifer Sansone was on the show. Trainer of the one, Shanghai Jack, Nick Zirk was on the phone. Helen Gray, everybody's been on the show, Mike, everybody. All right, moving right along. Three, my friend Charlie, Andrea Pratt, driver, trainer. Andrea hasn't been on the show. Four, Iron Will uh, for uh, Heather Reese. Uh, Jennifer Sansone's got two in here. Five is Mr. Protab, Stephanie Jacobs. Uh, six, no recess, uh, Michelle Crawford, seven, Highway Marcus, Maria Buchanan, and a number eight PL incoming, Sasha Moscholsky. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, right. And uh, Josh Green, Ron Burke, 
He's got Howie Marcus in there. So some good trainers, Kyle Spagnola, Josh Green, Francisco Del Cid, Jennifer Sansone, Nick Surick. Big event coming up if you got a chance, and if you're anywhere around the ocean on Sunday, make sure you check it out. It's coming up on Sunday at Ocean Downs. And another big thing, Mike, that uh, you probably saw on your Facebook feed, I know that I did, um, is uh, the launch of a website, uh, russamerica.info. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm going to click this right now, and uh, it's going to uh, take you to uh, – well, it's going to promo the, the big event coming up at Ocean Downs. But uh, make sure you uh, get a chance to check that out. And also, they've uh, – listen to this. They've released what looks to be some kind of uh, central body for racing under saddle. So that is huge as well. So we talked about when we've had these girls and uh, guys on talking about racing under saddle, Mike, we've talked about uh, the focus for them to try to get united and to try to bring this to a paramutual level, I think is the ultimate goal, but to try to bring this obviously into light and try to get as much publicity about racing under saddle as possible. And Mike, it's good to see that they are making the steps of doing so. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, listen, riding under saddle, in my opinion, should be paramutually allowed. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's a different type of racing and we won't get into how we feel about, you know, racing, um, you know, racing overseas versus racing over here, what's allowed, what's not. But I think it could help out and, you know, create some new interest. Yeah, it certainly can. So hats off to them. It looks like they're really, uh, you know, they got the ball rolling in, in terms of uh, getting all that stuff together and, and trying to unite. And I think unity is a big thing, you know, when it comes down to trying to establish yourself and trying to make yourself appeal to not only some of the racetracks, which I think are going to be the, the ultimate deciders, but, you know, to try to uh, appeal to the general public. And I think they're doing a good job at that. Anyway, uh, if you're in the vicinity of Ocean City coming up, Ocean City, Maryland, on Sunday. Make sure you check it out. It's a great racing under saddle race, and uh, maybe uh, next Thursday we'll uh, try to have uh, the winner of that race on the show, and we'll try to dissect that race a little bit. But, Mike, speaking of big races, we've got some huge, huge action. We've talked about it already, and now we'll take a, a little bit of a, more of an inside look to wrap up this show uh, coming up at the Meadowlands on Saturday. Just stakes races all over the place. And uh, some interesting twists. And we've seen the Facebook back and forth uh, about the mile and an eighth in some events. And um, especially in the big race, where now, Mike, you're going to have 12 horses. When I'm talking about big race, I'm talking about the Houghton. Because really a lot of the focus has been on the older paces. And we've you know watched him go round and round with Always Be Mickey and Wiggle It, Jiggle It and uh, Freaky Feet Pete, and they're going to collide in a mile in an eighth event, uh, the Houghton at the Meadowlands. Mike, I'll throw this to you first, and then we'll maybe take a look at the card uh, somewhat in order, but the mile in an eighth distance, what effect does it have, uh, and what effect, and who maybe do you think it favors out of first the big three, and I guess secondly, does it kind of play in uh, favor of uh, an unknown, I shouldn't say unknown because they're all nice horses, but of a long shot? You know, it could, and it could help a few horses in the race. You know, normally I'm an 11 or 12 um, type of person, but always at my place didn't look that good from post 10 at uh, Pocono. Granted, he came or he was parked the entire mile tonight. 
um, he will, or I say tonight, you know, Saturday night, um, he will get the rail again from post 11. The question is, where will Yannick Jingrau take always at my place? I think it favors uh, the post 11 and 12. There's just, there's no other way to really explain it. Now, out of the big three, you know, and, and we're going to, I'm going to say this as lightly as I can. Always be Mickey, went 147, two races in a row. Wiggle it, Jiggle it is a strong horse. We all know that Wiggle it, Jiggle it is a very strong horse and nothing against him, but Freaky Feet Pete, the third choice again after finishing second to, of course, Wiggle it, Jiggle it and the graduate, and then always be Mickey. Nine to two is just an amazing price on Freaky Feet Pete, and I got to think that Freaky Feet Pete's going to win this race. Freaky Feet Pete uh, wavered just a little bit in the graduate final. Um, I think that the 147 and one mile in the Ben Franklin kind of took a little bit out of him. Then he had to come right back and do it, uh, excuse me, an elimination. And then he come right back and did it again in the final. And then he went 47 and two off a 26 and three final quarter in his next start, only missing by a half a length. I think freaky feed Pete is as good, better than these horses. Wow. Now, well, that's, I'll tell you, that's an interesting statement because, uh, you know, I thought all three of them, I mean, coming out of the Ben Franklin, I don't think there was any, in my opinion, anyway, any solid stand that, uh, anybody could take, uh, with the three. I mean, I guess always be Mickey, maybe a little bit because he absolutely won, but I mean, wiggle it, jiggle it was used twice. So it was freaky feet, Pete getting position, having the lead for a little bit and then having to, uh, yield to always be Mickey and then coming back at him again in the stretch. Wiggle it, jiggle it made the move first over. I guess always at my place was the one that really got the raw end of the deal there because here he is starting from post 10. And I know that, uh, that wasn't, uh, Ron or Yannick's plan to go first over <laughs> in that race and uh, lo and behold that's what happened but you know I Ron I think said it best because you know if you go back a little bit when we interviewed him here about a half hour ago he said that uh, he don't really think post 11 and post 12 is going to do him any favors here because he thinks that'll put him about mid-pack and and uh, he thinks the pace is going to be just too fast for anybody to close into which uh, certainly could be the case but um, you know Listen, I agree with you. I think any of the three can win. I'd like to see a three-horse dead heat, to be honest with you. Um, but you have to, you have to. I would say, make always be Mickey the slight favorite. You know, I, and I halfway agree with you. And I, I want to step out on a limb here. We're not a very controversial show at all. But I, I want to say something really fast. And I don't know. Hurst, the Pokemon thing kind of put us on the edge a little bit, Mike. Yeah, right. Listen, Pete Metahurst said um, – after the graduate final, you know, now, now talk about Montreal's drive. There's a lot of people around and it drives me insane, uh, Mike, that, you know, talk about, you know, well, Montreal, you know, he, he doesn't really know what he's doing, blah, 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 blah. Crap. If you ask me, I, I, I really think, you know, Montreal is going to be smart from the outside and I think he's going to get a good trip. And, you know, for the for the people who are giving Montreal a hard time, I mean, what can you do in these races? I mean, look at the Ben Franklin final. He come first up against Always Be Mickey, 25-53-119-2. You know, the last time that Wiggle It Jiggle It was roughed up was in the Cane Pace last year on Hamiltonian Day. So, you know, the, these horses, they're, they're, not, they're not machines. You know, Wiggle It Jiggle It is going to get tired. Uh, Always Be Mickey is going to get tired. Freaky Feet Pete is going to get tired. There's nothing you can do 
And I just I got to say, you know, we just we can't keep, you know, you can't, you know, look at Montrell and go, well, you know, it was a horrible drive. Well, you can only do with what you with the cards that are handed to you. I mean, both of us play play poker on a somewhat regular basis and, and you can't do but so much with the cards you're dealt with. And I think that, you know, Montrell's dealt a tough hand on the outside this week. But I think if he leaves. Um, he's going to have to battle early with always be Mickey and freaky feed Pete. I got to think trace Tietrich is going to find a position uh, early, but I, I will say this, Mike. And, and the one thing that kind of surprised me about the graduate final was that freaky feed Pete trace Tietrich, you know, he took on wiggle and jiggle it early, went right to the lead and uh, only missed by a half a length off a 26 and three final quarter wiggle it, jiggle it. I, I think it's important to note only came home one fifth of a second faster than freaky feet Pete. So th- this race is going to be another incredible one. And I think, uh, I think it goes in about a minute 56, a minute 57. What, you know, the thing about it is Mike, and these are how this is, and we've talked about this all the way since the beginning of the year, all the way back in January, February, when the show was still in its test show status, how fun this was going to be for the aged faces. And Mike, I think you'll agree with me that if freaky feet Pete, uh, got the trip that Wiggle It Jiggle It did last time, then the lines would simply be reversed. There was a very good opportunity to Freaky Feet Pete would have ended up with the win. That's how even these horses are, Mike, and that's what's going this whole thing fun. Um, you know, post 10 is going to be tough on Wiggles. I certainly think so, especially in a mile and an eighth and two trailers, but obviously he's got the speed to overcome it. He's a supernatural uh, horse, and so is always be Mickey, and so is Freaky Feet Pete. So, I mean, it's going to depend on the trip. Uh, What difference will the mile and an eighth make? Um, It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I don't think any of us knows. It may not even make that much of a difference at all, Uh, but uh, now you've got two trailers. We talked about in length how much of a difference a trailer would make in the Brent Franklin. And uh, now we've got to talk about an extra eighth of a mile in two trailers uh, to <laughs> add to the drama in the Peter Houghton or the uh, Billy Houghton. So uh, just unbelievable. I mean, it, this is just a, a, a great time to be a, a harness racing fan, Mike, but uh, let's skim to this card real quick before we uh, wrap it up. Shall we? Yeah. Let, let, listen, let's get, uh, let's go through it. Listen, for those of you who, you know, listen to the show on a regular basis, you know, we get through these things pretty quick. So, uh, strap in, hold on tight. As I, uh, as I said, I got a real quick, Mike, I got to say something. K rock went one fifty and four at Northfield park the other night. And it was the fastest mile that I ever called. So congratulations to those guys. He was a New York sire stakes horse last year, but, uh, let's, let's dive into this, uh, Meadowlands card. It's the Delvin Miller Memorial to kick off the card. It's a field of six, Mike, but, you know, our, our girl Pink Pistol is back, and you got the call Pink Pistol in her last start uh, off a of 29 and 2 final quarter, 156 and 3. Howdy's in this race. Woman's Will got the outside draw, winning the um, Pennsylvania Sire Stakes for three year old Phillies in her last start. Who do you like here? Well, I can tell you this. Pink Pistol was flying last week. That I can tell you right now, or the last start at uh, Harris Philly. And Woman's Will got an absolute perfect trip behind the uh, Broadway Donna. Uh, last time out as well. So uh, with that in mind, I think Hottie's got a pretty good opportunity here. Uh, second start of the year, and Yannick Shingros getting the drive. Uh, trainer Jimmy Tacta drove this horse last time, was the favorite. This was in a stallion series, uh, but that was strictly a prep probably for this race. So I'm thinking that with the move to Yannick Shingros, I think Howdy, who had a lot of success as a two-year-old, has an opportunity in here. I don't know if three-to-one morning line is uh, acceptable. You probably have to get up to a more about the five-to-one ranks, considering uh, you've got likes of Woman's Will and Miss Tesla 
and uh, you know some others in here that can take money. But uh, my pick is with Howdy, but Pink Pistol is no slouch. I'll tell you, this horse can rock and roll, and uh, she was flying last time at Harris Philly, Mike. Now, I will, I will say this. If Pink Pistol can win this race, you heard it first on this show because we've we've been talking Pink Pistol now for since January, I think, Mike. And, uh, you know, we talked to um, the Harmon Racing Stable just a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Pink Pistol. I think that's going to be my Hannah Handicapping Contest selection is uh, Pink Pistol in the first race. Race two is the Mistletoe Chalet for three-year-old Philly Pacers. It features L.A. Delight. She's a real deal, Drew, post three. And Lynn Wood Beach Girl is a horse that I don't really know a whole lot about other than the, I watched the Lynch final. This horse was parked for the first half mile and only missed by three and a half lengths to pure country and blue moon stride. I got to think that uh, Linwood Beach Girl has got a shot for trainer Mark Stacy. Yeah, I think that's a good observation, Mike. And the fact that Pure Country won a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes race today in 51-1 and and probably could have went a lot faster says uh, a lot. And uh, it was a hot day out there today, Mike, by the way, at Harris Philly. I mean, the humidity, you can cut it with a knife. It was just very, very uncomfortable. So uh, I think uh, Linwood Beach Girl and Blue Moon Stride are the two horses to beat here. I think Blue Moon Stride's been running, racing up against the monster. I think the two-to-one odds are acceptable. I'll give her a shot with uh, Linwood Beach Girl as a price play, Mike. I completely agree. And listen, if you can get three to one, I think LA Delight's going to be the favorite in this race coming out of the Ontario yeah. Sire Stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say this uh, LA Delight qualified very well two starts back uh, under Randy Waples. Uh, John Campbell will pick up the mount. And, you know, who who, who better to put on the horse than, uh, than John Campbell? Uh, race three is the Delvin Miller Memorial for three year old Philly Trotters. It is the second division, if I'm correct, Mike. And it features Broadway Donna, Kathy Parker. Uh, Drew Post 5, we had Kathy, uh, part of the real Kathy Parker on the show uh, just last week. And, of course, all the time draws post number three off a game-winning effort in the Reynolds at the Meadowlands in 153-2. and two. Mike, do you see anybody who could possibly upset in this race? No, I'm liking all the time here. And, uh, you know, listen, Broadway Donna, I watched her race uh, last week, and she had, you know, she had the lead, and she, Woman's Will had the perfect pocket trip and was able to beat her. So what you want to watch out for is you want to keep an eye on uh, the the first race. And if Woman's Will wins that race, I think that leads a lot of credence to uh, Broadway Donna in race three. If she doesn't, or if she throws in a poor performance, I think uh, that you really have to look seriously at all the time. Driver Yannick Shingron, trainer uh, Jimmy Tank, they're $480,000 plus as a two-year-old New Jersey Cyrus thinks. I think uh, three all the time is definitely the one to be in here. But like I say, keep an eye on how Woman's Will does in that first race. That can give you a lot of uh, clues as to uh, what Broadway Donna can possibly do in the third. Definitely. Now, the mile and an eighth Stanley Dancer Memorial is for three-year-old open trotters. And uh, for those of you looking at a program, the H, if you see an H in, and I'm trying to see where it would be at on the program, it says in the uh, comments at the top, if there's an H by their name, uh, it denotes that they are Hamiltonian eligible. But Mike, I'm in the program I'm looking at, I don't see any H's. You got to know Dupree is uh, Southwind Frank is Hamiltonian eligible, so I'm not sure where exactly where they put it, but Southwind Frank draws post five, the six to five uh, morning line favorite. Love Matters draws post number six on the outside is Trolley. 
Mike, this is a race where I think that the second tier could potentially uh, cause just a little bit of a problem. Uh, Doggone Lucky uh, is known to show speed, but got in a little bit of trouble. Had to come first up last week to the quarter and uh, finished third off a 28-2 mile. But I got to think that, excuse me, I got to think that Sutton is going to try to ride the rail as long as he can. And in this race where he hasn't faced a ton of stakes, you know, stakes horses, he could provide a little bit of a uh, value play underneath. Well, you know, listen, we try to give out price plays on this show. And uh, last week, our good friend Darren Gani at Running Aces was talking to Steve Wiseman, who talked about a horse in his stable and paid uh, good mutuals. And here we go in the same situation. Now, we're not quite a radio studio. We don't have the ability to record the show as it's going and then play a quote a little bit later on in the show. But for those of you maybe just joining us, driver Brett Miller, who we had on as our first guest on this program, really really likes love matters chances here uh number six at six to one in, in the morning line said this horse was had a f- ton of trot last time was going to win made the break uh the untimely break leaving three quarters and uh you know at 11 to one wasn't uh obviously after the break wasn't going to get the job done finishing second in milligan school two starts back but brett miller really likes the chances of love matters and when a guy like brett miller who's very accomplished in this industry says something like that then you know what? All bets off. I'm done looking at the program, buddy. I'm going with Love Matters in that particular race. But, how, I mean, Southwind Frank, you want to obviously back yourself up. Southwind Frank has is, is been a freak, so I obviously want to back yourself up with an exact of some sort uh, with, uh, you know, Love Matters second. But, uh, hey, I think Love Matters has a good shot. No, I completely agree with you there. Now, the Miss Versatility is race six. It's the free-for-all Mayor Trotters, and this is a wildly competitive field. you got Jules and Hawk on the outside, a New York Sire Stakes horse from last year. Smoke and Mambo drew well, and Aaron Merriman's coming in for trainer Chris Beaver, who, who had a great night at Northfield Park the other night. Rules of the Road draws the inside, but Mike, Smoke and Mambo is, a, uh, is kind of an interesting horse who, uh, who draws post two this week. Yeah, certainly is. And, uh, you know, this horse was racing uh, kind of in your neck of the woods at Sayota, doing fantastic there, and was uh, at the Meadows going back and forth, facing some outstanding horses. Aaron Merriman knows this horse. Chris Beaver is, uh, you know, we'd like to have, we should have Chris on the show one of the, because I'll tell you what, Chris is a an absolutely underrated trainer, and he's had some pretty nice horses over the past few, uh, the past few years, and this is one of them. So uh, I think Smoke and Mambo certainly has a big shot here. Ron Berg talked about classical Annie. Um, you know, finishing fourth last time. Uh, it was the first start off that qualifier. I think this horse maybe could be a little better in here as uh, driver Yannick Shingra uh, saddles up. Uh, this horse has uh, been having Dave Pallone, Jody Jameson. Certainly no slouches, but, you know, uh, Yannick's Ron's guy. I mean, Yannick is uh, Ron's guy, go-to guy. And, uh, you know, Jules and Hockey mentioned that horse, but uh, I got to think that Smoke and Mambo, if we can get the four to one, might be worth a shot. No, I can definitely agree. Uh, you know, Smoke and Mambo at four to one, and Chris Beaver with any sort of trotter is uh, is normally pretty good. I, if I remember correctly, wasn't Smoke and Mambo in the Hamiltonian Oaks? I believe you might have been. You might be right. You might be I, right. I think I'm pretty sure Aaron came in for Chris Beaver to you might uh, be right. in that That's race. Yep, yep. So, We've only got okay, the last well, six race- lines on this program, so. Yeah, well, you know, if you if you paid a little extra. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, listen, we're running on the shrink budget here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike, remember that. <laughs> That's right. Race 7 is the mile and an eighth Stanley Dancer Memorial for three-year-old open trotters, and it features a very, very competitive field. You've got Lagerfeld, Miriam Marauder, 
Uh, Milligan School is in here, but bar hopping uh, draws post number nine. I, I think it's a uh, you know it's a wide open field, and a horse that you gotta watch out for is winning money. And I, I'm really a big fan of that 28 and three final quarter, 153 and four final time. But Brian Sears picks up the lines tonight for Jimmy Tactor, and I gotta think that post number 11 is going to be what this horse needs. Well, you like them second-tier starters, and, uh, you know, I, I got to agree that I, I would kind of put this horse underneath. I don't know to playing him to win might be a little bit of a, a reach, but, uh, well, not, you know, if he wins, he's going to pay good money. But, uh, you know, Marion Marauder has been getting a lot of headlines as of late. I mean, that win in the good times was outstanding, um, and this is a horse that, uh, you know, looked very, very good closing against the speedy Jack Vernon last time. Uh, you know, position is key for this horse. Scott Zeron continues to drive. I think Marion Marauder could certainly be a superstar in the making and could be, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's the, the guy to play spoiler to uh, Southwind Frank. But, uh, you know, Milligan School is a horse that I think has all the ability in the world. And this horse can be from on or off the trot. I think he's extremely versatile. Andy Miller's in the bike. This horse had a nice win last time against Love Matters. And here's the thing, Mike. Here's the thing. Watch and see what Love Matters does. Now, if Love Matters a couple of races earlier in the card upsets Southwind Frank in that group, that leaves more credence to Milligan's school. You want to keep tabs, I think, because, you know, especially with these young horses, form is so up and down, okay? And you really want to keep, in my opinion, an eye, especially when you have two or three divisions like this, you want to keep an eye on how the on who the horses have been facing. Love Matters can very well be peaking right now. And if that's the case and Milligan School beat Love Matters last time, then it makes all the sense in the world to put your money on Milligan School. So I, uh, that's the way I'm going to go. But like I say, keep an eye on what some of these horses do earlier and make your bets accordingly in the divisions to follow. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And, you know, one thing real quick about Marion Marauder um, that I wanted to point out, this horse, 13 lengths, got away last in the open, last time out. Uh, was last 13 lengths and then came flying late uh, off a 26 and three final quarter. I got to think Marion Marauder is going to be uh, a very horse, very horse, a very tough horse to beat in this field. Mike, race number nine is the mile and an eighth William Houghton Memorial. This is a race that I cannot wait for. I think we've pretty much uh, we've pretty much uh, touched on it, and uh, I think Freaky Feet Pete is going to be my selection here. I'm going with Wiggles from the outside. That's going to be my selection. I think post ten with the two spoiler, the two trailers. Um, I don't know. I think that you know Ron Burke when we had him on the show earlier, he talked about that he expected with them two trailers to be sixth, seventh, and eighth. And if that's going to be the case, if Ron is right, then I have to think that Wiggle it, Jiggle it, showing speed here. And uh, which I think is probably pretty much a given. At least he's going to leave for an early spot anyway. It depends on how the trip's going to work out. I think maybe the mile and an eighth helps the outside a little bit, so I don't think that's too much of a disadvantage. I think this race will be dubbed Wiggles Revenge when it's all said and done. <laughs> he gets his revenge on Always Be Mickey here tonight. I'm going to make a stretch here, okay? And, and you're going to laugh at this when I say it. I think Freaky Feet Pete wins by you, – you're ready for this? He's not going to win by a horse, one horse length, okay? He's going to win by three hamster lengths, okay? As, as small as – He's going to win by three Pokemon lengths. 
<laughs> there you go. I think he wins by, uh, you know, he wins by, you know, about a length. I think Freaky Feed Pete can uh, defeat, you know, always be Mickey and Wiggle and Jiggle. But it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, to watch this race. Race number 10 is the Mile and an Eighth Hamiltonian Maturity for four-year-old Rodders. And Centurion ATM is back post number two after a very game effort in the graduate final. Mike, I, you know, I, I, I got to laugh at this just a little bit. 20 to one on the morning line, I think, is a little bit uh, is a little bit out there. Well, he was 30 to one last time. I mean, you think maybe Trace gets along with this horse pretty good because this was Trace's first time on this horse last time and he come absolutely flying. Um I don't know, you know. I mean, listen, I think that, you know, you've got Musical Rhythm, who in my opinion just looked sharp last time. I mean, was used twice from post 10, is uh, going to obviously have, um, you know, from post 9, it's going to be pretty tough again. But then we talked about the mile and an eighth helping the outside horses. Um, a horse I think we're going to see a lot better from, Mike, is Kanipa Hanover, starting from post 11, Park Mile last time. I don't think there was any chance. Obviously, from post 11, we'll have to use that second two to try to work out some kind of trip, which I think think is uh, certainly a possibility and how about your buddy muscle up the goal what did you think of uh, his effort in the cleveland classic you know muscle up the goal in the cleveland Classic put in a very big effort for trader beaver and you know the the thing about this uh course is that um he was coming off from off the pace and you know, just couldn't get to Obrigado, who was just way too good in that field i think muscle up the goal is going to be a little bit um uh, a little bit short here, if you ask me. The horse I'm looking at, and, and the horse who hasn't been able to get any sort of trip at all, is Kanipa Hanover. Kanipa Hanover has had the most unlucky streak I've seen in a long time. I mean, this horse has had to come first up or been parked out or broke in just about every start this year uh, after finishing eighth in the Kentucky Futurity last year. I think Kanipa Hanover is a horse you have to use underneath. No question about it. Like I said, from the second tier. And moving right along, race 11, Mike, it's the Crawford Farms Meadowlands Space. By the way, if you hear my son in the background, he just found a Pikachu, so he's all excited. Race 11, Crawford <laughs> Farms Meadowlands Space. At, uh, Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, control the moment, in my opinion, is the horse to beat, bar none. And uh, if he brings what he brought to the table last time, I uh, I think he's uh, he's got a really huge chance. As a matter of fact, I think that in my in the multiple wages here, I'm going to wheel them. You know, I, I think you're taking just a little bit of a risk. Uh, I think control the moment is very good. Don't get me wrong; nothing against control the moment at all. But I think racing hill is probably the better of the two horses. And you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see because you've got a horse that likes to come from off the pace, you've got a horse that likes to show speed. So to see these two hookup is going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I really don't like Boston Red Rocks chances here, Mike. I, I just I haven't seen the same Boston Red Rocks that we did after the Breeders' Crown last year. So I got to think it's going to be between Control the Moment and Racing Hill. The potential ups here um, is possibly J.K. Willpower. Uh, check six is, you know, was, was fourth after coming from 12 lengths off the pace. I think check six could potentially be another upset horse, too. 
Well, you know what? When we talked to Ron Burke, he liked his chances. He likes these horses. He uh, really thought uh, J.K. Willpower and Check Six had big efforts last time, and and that uh, Manhattan Beach is a reasonable long shot. So listen, when when a guy like that tells you something, you got to listen. Uh, you know, seven, eight, nine. I don't think he uh, really cared for the draw too much, but uh, nonetheless, I do think his horses, uh, especially underneath, Mike, especially underneath. I think you have to use them in tries and supers, but uh, I really like control the moment I'm here. I really, really do. Um, you know, Racing Hill, Lion Snyder, they're all great horses, Boston Red Rocks, but but uh, I think uh, this is control the moments to win or lose here tonight. Or Saturday, not tonight. We said it again. Saturday, not tonight. <laughs> Race 12 features the super high five mandatory payout. It's the excuse me, $267,000. $769.47 carryover, and it's in a $229,000 race. How do you like that for a jumbled mouthful of words? But uh, it features Venus, Venus Delight to the inside. Lady Shadow um, draws well this week, skipping by the 20 to 1 uh, horse from post six. Mike, this is, oh, excuse me. I just dropped my iPad there for those of you who I just hurt your ears. My apologies. You know, and, and then Andrew Vett draws. Post 12. And, and do I need to remind anybody what happened the last time Androvet was in a big field like going a mile and an eighth? That's all I'm saying. No, at like yeah. 30 to 1. Mm-hmm. And these, I'm going to tell you, these mares trade wins, Mike. I mean, they're. They're just, uh, you know, they're so evenly matched. And Androvet, uh, boy, I'll tell you what a career she's had three and a half million dollars. But I'm going to give you a horse here that I think uh, if she brings her best effort. She could bring it at major, major odds, and that's Double Child. She is an extremely nice horse. And, you know, if you're looking at uh, – if you're just kind of taking this race and looking at the last couple of efforts, you're not going to uh, kind of use her because she's, you know, pulled up last time and, uh, you know, race sixth and the, and the roses are red at Mohawk. And, uh, but I think that she's got a lot of ability, and uh, I'll tell you what – if she could bring her A game here, which is going to be a reach, obviously, off her last couple of efforts. But if she could bring her A game, I think she can offer up here in a, in a race. Uh, you know, when you get these mares together, these aged mares together, they always – it seems like they always trade wins. That's just how competitive it is. But I think you're right. I think she's got an op- a, a shot. I think uh, Andrew Vett, obviously, from post. So, boy, this race just – you're right. I mean, this race just screams Androvet. You're getting Tim Tietrich. You're getting post 12. You know, you're getting the eight to one morning line. There's going to be other horses in here that are, you know, going to get the wagering attention. And here you just have Androvet. She's only made three and a half million in her career. And, uh, you know, she can still bring it. And I'll tell you what, if you get the eight to one or over odds, I think she is certainly worth an investment. But this is a race I would play for value, Mike. I would absolutely play uh-huh. for value. And I think Devil Child and Androvet are the two values in the race. Listen, I'm picking Androvet in the Hannah Handicapping Contest. For those of you who don't know, I keep bringing this up. Uh, I'm currently playing in the Hannah Handicapping Contest for our sponsor, New Vocations. And, uh, you know, Mike, I've been treading towards the back of the pack. So I'm going with a few long shots on Saturday that, um, you know, I think have a shot. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Well, yeah, when you get towards the back of the pack, you got to start taking some chances. But listen, it's not how you start. It's how you finish, buddy. And I've got a lot of confidence in you. And I know uh, New Vocations and Winnie Nemeth has a lot of confidence in you, although we're starting to lose it because you're falling too far behind. But nonetheless, no, listen, Mike, we're, yeah. we're right behind you. And, and this, is the, this is the point. Yeah, if you, if you get behind in a contest like that, you have to start taking some chances. And uh, I'll tell you what, Andrew Vett, in my opinion, Mike, is not, uh, that's not too bad of a chance to take. 
No, not at all. And I think Androvet is an extreme value. She won last time at 36 to one or something along those lines. At 30 to one, I am not letting Androvet pay 60 bucks again from post 12. Well, Mike, that is the entire uh, stakes program at the Meadowlands. It's a wonderful stakes laden program, and uh, it's second only to Hamiltonian Day. I, I think that the uh, Hamiltonian Day this year is going to be a lot of fun. You're going to have, of course, the Hamiltonian and the Hamiltonian Oaks, but you're going to have the Cane Pace, uh, the U.S. Pacing Championship. I, I, I just the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You coming out, or you you've got uh, you probably have duties back at the the home state, don't you? you? You know, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing just yet. Uh, we are. I'm actually writing the schedule for August uh, or with my supervisor uh, when I get back to work tomorrow. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what we come up with. Who knows? Maybe I'll show up and uh, show my face at the Hamiltonian. I've never been, and I've always wanted to go. Well, come on, and listen, after work, we can uh, get our phones out, and we can look for some Pokemon after the dust is settled, and, uh, <laughs> you know, listen, I, I want to give a I quick gotta, plug. Yeah, go ahead. I want to give a quick, real quick, no, I want to I wanna say something about our my good friend, Tony Sherrod, who uh, is a, a very good handicapper uh, around these parts, both thoroughbred and harness, and a real good young guy uh, going to school uh, in Kentucky, and uh, he made a comment on one of my Pokemon threads on Facebook last night and said uh, the adult version of Pokemon was going through the racetrack picking up tickets, so I thought that was a, a pretty <laughs> clever, uh, I thought that was a pretty clever analogy by uh, my good man, Tony Sherrod, but go ahead. No, I, I completely agree. We want to give a quick plug to the Meadowlands Racetrack. They actually just tweeted out not long ago that they are a pokey stop, and you can pick up a free $5 bet. Guess what? All you got to do is show one of the two Pokemon that are there. You just got to show that you've picked up one of the Pokemon that are there, and you're getting a free $5 bet. How do you like that? Wow. How, how can you show that you got it there? I don't understand. Well, then okay, again, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in the, oh, I'm in the Atari 2600 age, so I don't, you know, you can't expect me to understand. So, so w- when you open the app, uh, I'm going to okay. do this as we're talking about it, and then we yeah, got then we gonna, gotta go. I know people, no, people, go ahead, go people ahead. are probably like tuning out right now, but uh, for those right. of you listening on Bet America, we promise we're not crazy. This is something that we believe, you know, can really help racing, you know, a little bit. You know, you're you're laughing. I'm going to drop American Pharaoh at your house, okay? Uh-huh. You put you click on the little Pokeball that's on the yep. bottom, and you click on the thing. It's called your Pokédex, and what that is is it's basically where you store all your Pokemon, and you it has every Pokemon that is possible to catch. There's 133 of them. 133 so you have to get all 133 of them. No, you you just catch one of either Ponita or Rapidash. And they're both at the Meadowlands racetrack. Once you catch them, you click on their thing, you go over to the Meadowlands and show them, hey, look, I caught these two. Bada bing, bada boom, $5. How do you like that? That is cool. So they're somewhere at the Meadowlands. And they're not going to be like by the three-quarter pole or at the half or anything during a race, <laughs> are they? Let's hope, let's hope, let, yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> well, well, you know, listen. That's all, listen, that's all I need is Montreal on Wiggle and Jiggle it to, you know, pull out his phone as they're turning for home and freaking try to catch a Pokemon. <laughs> Well, you know, like I said, we had a very good spirited conversation with Allison and, you know, we kind of poke fun at it, uh, you know, and I I poke fun at it because I really don't understand it. But, uh, you know, listen, if there's any way we can get people to the racetrack and if we could try to get on the same wavelength as younger people that are playing these games, Mike, I am all for it. Let's do it. Let's throw the book at it and try to get some people out there, Mike. 
And real quick, before we go, I want to I want to explain something real quick. I, I talked to Montrell during the show earlier, and, and I'm poking fun at Montrell for this Pokemon thing for one reason and one reason only. And I'm saying this because I know he's going to listen to this on the way to Chester tomorrow. It's because he's my you know he's in my age group. <laughs> he 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 knows. I, I still have my Pokemon cards in my closet, Mike. I'm not even kidding. Got the actual cards in my closet, still you know in the you know in the little pouches where I used to battle my friends. So, so I know uh, Montreal, uh, Montreal will get a good laugh out of this. Well, Mike, this has been a lot of fun uh, today. We talked to Allison Conti. Um, we talked to Darren Gagne uh, from Running Aces and Ron Burke and Brett Miller. We hope to have Tom Durkin on the show next week. Uh, stay tuned to our social media stream. I, I can't wait for that conversation with Tom Durkin. I really want to press him about Probe and Park Avenue Joe in the Hambletonian uh, that year. Now, don't forget, you can bet the entire – Meadowlands Racing Program with our sponsor, Bet America at BetAmerica.com. They've got some great specials. They've got a, actually got a contest, Mike, and I'm going to pull it up real quick while I have a chance. Um, sorry about this. I meant to have this up earlier. No, that's okay. But they, they've got a lot of good contests and uh, promotions and, and uh, tournaments there. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, about a month ago, we had uh, one of the winners. Uh, of the uh, one of the Bet America contests there, so yeah, they've get rave rave reviews about their contests and tournaments. And if you're a horse racing guy and a horse racing fan, you obviously have to get into one of these tournaments because uh, they're the real deal. No, definitely. And the um, let's see, I'm looking at their contest. They have a six thousand dollar guaranteed prize fund. It's for the Meadowlands Racetrack this week, and it's going to encompass. It typically includes eight to ten races total, so it's going to encompass some of the stakes action. Um, it's a $195 entry fee, and it's a live contest. So you can pick your horse up to up until the pools are closed for wagering. Um, and of course, this contest is always guaranteed. You can find more information at betamerica.com. Well, for Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. We'll see you next week. Post time is seven o'clock. If we're not out catching Pokemon, good night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.